Dust glittered in glorious light. Sharp straw pressed against tender flesh. Whiskers of a donkey brushed past in response to the King of Kings' first cry. Enthroned in light and glory, you looked down on a dying, hopeless world. Hot tears fell down in love as your bride wandered astray. The smell of humility and grace flowed past as you left a royal throne for a drafty stable, broken and alone. In love and hope, you joined our plight and laid down in a dirty manger. Helpless and cold, your little hands stretched wide, proclaiming joy in suffering, peace in pain. Silently, unnoticed, you appeared, a promise fulfilled. Emmanuel, God with us. Well, hello, Heritage. How are we doing today? All right, let's try it again. How are we doing today? All right. Well, I know, I trust that if you're here today that you are coming in the doors well-rested after a low-key week. Am I right? Okay, maybe not. But I hope that you have had a great Christmas. And I want to say welcome to our family here at uh, Heritage Rock Island. Those of you joining our QC West Bettendorf campuses, welcome to you. Uh, I am excited to be here. My name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here at Heritage. And if you're visiting today, first of all, I hope I'm not the first, but let me add my welcome uh, to those of you who are guests. If you learn anything about Heritage today, it's simply this. Just walk out with this. That we get excited about lives that are transformed through a relationship with Christ. Don't we, church? We get pretty excited about that. And so today, if it's your first time here, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for being here. Now listen, I know that Christmas isn't about gifts, but my wife and I got a really cool gift this year. Can I tell you about it? Is that okay? Okay, I will. Um, But my, (laughs) this isn't actually a gift that my wife and I received. This was a gift that we gave. And it's a gift that we gave to our two-year-old son, Maddox. Okay, if you've seen my son or if you're new, just picture the Energizer Bunny on steroids. Okay, he just goes and goes and goes and goes. But listen, we found this trampoline that goes indoors. All right, now the coolest thing about this trampoline that goes indoors is that it has this net around the outside. You guys know what I'm talking about? And and the coolest part of the net isn't just that he can jump and then as he propels himself off of the trampoline, it catches him so he doesn't break a limb. The best part of the net, listen to this. Parents with toddlers, check in here. There's a zipper, and on the front, on the top, you can zip it all the way down, and it's got a little latch. It is literally the coolest gift we've ever received. It is a legal cage for a child. Awesome gift. Awesome, awesome gift. The gift to my son was the trampoline. The gift to mommy and daddy, well, that's priceless. That's priceless. <laughs> so we're ready for a new year, but I probably should move on. But over the last month, it, as a church, we have been on a journey and a series that we are calling the Before Christmas series. Now, if you've been here, you know that we've been exploring this, uh, these Advent realities of, of hope and love and joy and peace. And kind of what we navigated and talked through is the reality that our true hope is only found in him who is hope, right? Our true hope is found in Jesus Christ who is hope. And we've realized that we can't even love apart from God. In other words, because God has loved us and we have experienced his love, as a result of that, we can now love other people. We explored the reality that joy is rejoicing in God's grace, 
You remember? Rejoicing in his grace, his unmerited favor, his mercy, his goodness, his favor on us, that even regardless of what circumstances are happening around us, what is going on, what is happening in our lives, that we can have joy because of God's grace. You know, we talked about last week this peace, that true peace isn't something that we obtain. It's not something that if we work hard enough that, that we can gain over the course of time. But the reality is, is that true peace is something that we receive from the Prince of Peace. The one, Jesus Christ, who said that my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And if you missed any of those, you can go to heritageqc.com, click on the media tab. But if you're new or maybe you missed one, I don't want you to check out because listen, Today, we're going to do the final installment of this Before Christmas series, After Christmas. Isn't that kind of cool? The Before Christmas series, After Christmas. And you may be going, well, was that poor planning? Or like, what happened here? The reality is, it was none of that. It was intentional because the reality is, is that you and I, every single one of us in this room or one of our campuses or online, you desire to have hope. We desire to have joy. We desire to love and to be loved. We desire to have peace. But the reality is today that apart from what we're going to talk about, this reality that our God made a decision to come into our world as God with us, Emmanuel, what we celebrate is Christmas. If it wasn't for that, there is no hope for us to have any of those things. Any of those things. Now listen, for the last few months, we've spent a lot of time decorating for Christmas, right? I mean, First Christmas in the Quad Cities, and I'll tell you, a couple weeks ago, we spent an hour in front of a house in Bettendorf listening to the Frozen soundtrack, you know? Unbelievable the time that we spent. Some of you are crazy like that, and I love it. I mean, we spend time decorating our homes, our offices. I've even seen cars in the Quad Cities that have Rudolph the Red-Nosed reindeer nose and antlers. I mean, it's impressive how this, this area goes all out right? So we spent time decorating. We spent money on gifts. We've, we've maybe consumed a few too many calories, you know, as we have either partied at one of various parties or maybe we're, we're taste testing the goodies that we're going to be giving out, right? And all of those things are great. The caroling, the gift giving and unwrapping and, and the time with friends and family. And they're all part of these holiday traditions as we celebrate Christmas. But I don't want us to forget today that Christmas is more than just a holiday, Christmas is more than just a holiday. Now listen, a couple weeks ago, I was reminded of this as I interacted with a young man, and this man was from the Middle East, and he had come into, uh, into the States for the first time, and he was only here for a week. He spent a few days here in, in Rock Island, and then on Christmas Day, believe it or not, he flew back to his country in the Middle East. Now, the country that he comes from is, has roughly 80 million people in it, and only 3,000 of those 80 million are followers of Christ. And so at the age of 14, when this young man gave his life to Christ and he went home, he, his parents weren't nearly as excited as he was. In fact, his dad and his brothers and, and a lot of the male members in his family went on to beat him up. His country is what we would call the CIA in the U.S. At the age of 14, started to follow him. And for 18 years, can you imagine this? For 18 years, would follow him around, call him on his cell phone and harass him, mock him because of his faith in Christ. And so when I asked him, I said, how did he come to Christ? He's in a country that, that doesn't promote the gospel. In fact, believers in Christ are highly persecuted. He said this. He said, well, I read the Quran, and I read the Torah, and then I read the New Testament. And he says, as I read the New Testament, and I read about this God who was a personal God, who wasn't just some far-off God, but a God that came into the world 
for me. A God that desired to be with me so much that he not only came, but that he paid the price on the cross for my sins. He said, when I heard about that God that came to my world, he said, that's the kind of God I want to follow. That's the kind of God I want to follow. In fact, he said the fact that as I read the Old Testament, there were actually prophecies that projected this or, or predicted this. He said that just made it even cooler. And as I talked and I heard that story, I said, that's what Christmas is. That's what Christmas is. It's more than just a holiday. It's more than just gifts. It's more than just time with family. It's more than parties at work. It's, it's more than decorating and singing. And, and all those things are great. In fact, it's more than just one day. We celebrate Christmas on December 25th, right? It's more than just December 25th. In fact, Christmas, if you are a follower of Christ today, is something that we should celebrate every day. Every single day, we celebrate the reality that our God left heaven and took on the form of a man and came into his creation. Now, my son gets this. My son, like I said, two years old, he gets this. And what I mean by that is he sings happy birthday to Jesus almost every day. Almost every day. And this isn't preempted by mom and dad, okay? This isn't, oh, it's a pastor's son, okay? This is my son, unbeknownst to us, will just randomly sing. It could be at the table while we're having breakfast and pancakes and eggs or... It can be at lunch or maybe while we're preparing for dinner um, or while he's getting ready for bed as we're reading bedtime stories. He'll start to sing, Happy Birthday to Jesus. So I thought you might want to hear one of these renditions. And so check this one out. In the early October, as my son is singing, Happy Birthday to Jesus in his own special way in the back of our minivan. Check this out. You can clap for him, I, yeah. <laughs> That's a proud dad. They'll do whatever he can to get his family on screen, right? <laughs> but listen, he's talented. Those of you who are music gurus, you realize that he went from soprano to bass in one song. Did you catch that? <laughs> and it's cute, but I'll tell you what. As a dad, or my wife would tell you, when our son breaks out in happy birthday to Jesus, it forces us to remember that Christmas isn't just a one-day event. It's not just one thing that we celebrate on Christmas, on December 25th. It's not something that we just look at once a year. The reality is, is our God stepped out of heaven and he came to earth into his creation as Emmanuel, God with us. Check out what Matthew says in Matthew chapter 1. This is about Jesus. He says, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. If you, today, if you're wondering why did Jesus come, it's right here. He will save his people from their sins, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, let me hit a time out here. What's neat about this is that Matthew, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is pointing back to a prophecy that happened, listen, over 730 years before Jesus came. You find it in Isaiah chapter 7, and at the time, God had led the prophet Isaiah to the king of Judah. Judah was facing this, this military crisis, and, and they were under a lot of pressure, and God led Isaiah to King Ahaz, and he said, listen, King Ahaz, if you'll just ask God for a sign, God wants to show you that he'll be with you in this battle. 
And King Ahaz, rather than heeding the advice of the prophet that came ultimately from God, he says, thanks but no thanks. And instead of pursuing God, he turns his back on him and he goes and he tries to rally support from neighboring nations. Now God, rather than turning his back on King Ahaz and the nation of Judah, extends his mercy and his grace and gives him a sign anyways. And we see that in verse 23. Check this out. It says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say this with me, God with us. God with us. And so even though King Ahaz had turned his back on God, even though the nation of Judah had turned from God, God said, I am still going to give you a sign that I'll be with you. There'll be a virgin, and she'll conceive, and you will name him Emmanuel. Now listen, in in chapter 8 of Isaiah, we see an immediate fulfillment to that. But the reality is that passage, that prophecy, that, that, that time that Isaiah pointed forward was kind of like a big flashing arrow, right? You've seen these? That really was saying, listen, there's going to be a smaller fulfillment here right away. But listen, eventually, 735 years from now, roughly, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, will send his own son through a virgin to a people who had turned their back on him. A people who had said thanks but no thanks. A people who had been disobedient, who had walked away, who had rather than seeking the one true God, were seeking their, their help and their recognition in other people. And he was pointing to the birth of Jesus. He was pointing to the reality that he would send his own son, Jesus Christ, God himself, into creation. And really what he was showing us as a people, and as we look at this today, is that God desires to be with us. He desires to be with you. God desires to be with you. It's a powerful reminder, isn't it? You know, that this reality, that this God who is omnipresent, this God who is all-knowing, that he desires to be with you and I. Now listen, some of you will go, well, Christmas, yeah, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but let me tell you, most of us here know today that Jesus existed far before Christmas, right? Far before he came as a man. In fact, if you look at the beginning of the book of John, in John chapter 1, it says that the, the, through the word, everything was created through the word and, and for the word. So Jesus being the word, it's clear that he was there at creation. In Genesis chapter 1, when God creates man, he says, let us create man in our image. Jesus was there. But you may be asking, well, well how is this different? How is this different? Hasn't God always been with his people? And I'd say yes. I mean, as you look at the Old Testament, you see that throughout the Old Testament, from the Garden of Eden, when God walked with Adam and Eve, all the way through in the wilderness, that was before the fall, and then in the wilderness, God leads during day by in a, in a cloud of, a pillar of cloud, and at night in a pillar of fire, right? And then God shows up in a miraculous way and with Elijah, when Elijah calls the, all the prophets of the false gods out and says, hey, we'll see who the true God is on Mar- Mount Carmel. We see God's presence over and over and over. But it's different with Emmanuel. And the reason that is, is that this is the moment that the very creator of the earth took on flesh and stepped into creation. John says it this way in John chapter 1, verse 14. He says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John says that the word became flesh, or in flesh that word literally means he, he set up his tent or he tabernacled among his people. 
I love how Eugene Peterson says it in uh, his, the message version. Check this out. He says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He moved into the neighborhood. Now listen, there's a house two doors down from me that is for sale. All right, so if you're looking for a home, you want great neighbors, come on in. We have great neighbors around us. Our house is a little sketchy, all right? But listen, (laughs) but what a picture that our God, the creator of the ends of the earth, took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Our God desired to be with us so much that he moved into the very creation that he created, into the neighborhood, so that he could be with us. But listen, that's not the end of the story. The reality is that not only did God come to us to be with us, he also, after living a perfect life, became obedient to death, even death on a cross, the most humiliating, torturous death that he could have experienced to pay the price for our sins, a price that we couldn't pay so that we'd receive a life we didn't deserve and that we could have a relationship with a holy God. And so God not only came to us, he provided the means by which we could be with him. Do you hear that? That's the gospel. That God did whatever it took that we would have relationship with him. Now today, if you've made a decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ, I say praise God right? Praise God. But I want you to know, just a note of encouragement, both to you and to those who are even considering this Jesus today, that that's just the first step. That's just the first step. You see, our God longs for us to go on a journey with him. In fact, for us to be with him is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey. It's not a destination. In other words, When you said that prayer and you trusted and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it wasn't a one-time act. It wasn't a check a box, I'm good. It wasn't, I got my fire insurance, all is good. Jesus, the very one, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, when he said he wanted to give us life and life to the full, he was talking about this ongoing relationship. Jesus says it this way in John 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and I in you, some translations will say abide. And so regardless of whether it's remain or abide or, or whether it's journey, whatever term you want to use, I want you to know that our God longs not just to be with us, but he longs to journey with you. And not just in the good times, right? I think one of the perceptions that we have is that if God is with you, all must be hunky-dory, right? It's all milk and honey, And the truth is, life can be hard, right? Life can be hard. Perhaps something has happened to you that wasn't fair, that you didn't deserve. Or maybe somebody was taken from you way too early, somebody that you love. I had a friend of mine just a month ago who was in a car wreck and his nine-year-old daughter was killed instantly. Last week, a 35, this is just before Christmas, a 35-year-old friend of mine was standing at work at a car dealership, had a heart attack, and the next moment, She's standing before her heavenly father. Life can be hard. Perhaps you've lost a job and you're struggling to pay the bills or or the person that when you stood at the altar and you looked each other in the eyes and you said, till death do us part, for richer, for poorer, that person, that relationship that you thought would last forever, that person has left you behind and you're sitting here angry and lost and confused and maybe, just maybe, you're going, God, I thought you were supposed to be with me. God, I thought that you were going to be with me. Where are you? And I want to just tell you today as a note of encouragement and as just a truth, even as hard as sometimes it can be to embrace, is simply this, that God, Emmanuel, God with you, is with you in all times. 
not just good times. He is with you in all times. Say all. All times. Not just the good times. Now, over the last month, I've had a chance to sit down one-on-one with a number of people, and, and these specific people are journey group leaders, all right? These are journey groups, if you're new or you're not sure what those are. As, as a church, we say that to live fully, one of the key components of that is to live linked, okay? To be in relationship with others, and we do these through what we call journey groups. And the people that I've had a chance to sit with and get to know are journey group leaders. And so they're leading groups. And as I've got to know them, I've just simply asked, how I wanted to hear the stories and celebrate alongside them how God has transformed their life and then how God is now using them to invest and to, to bring transformation in the lives of other people. Well, one of these guys, uh, my journey group leaders, and he actually leads divorce care here at our Rock Island campus, his name is Scott. And I met with Scott at a Rock, Rock Island coffee shop just up the road. And as he told me his story, I just sat back in amazement. I was blown away because here's Scott telling me his story, having grown up in the church, And with tears in his eyes, Scott started started to tell me about this moment in his life when everything that he had, his job, his marriage, all of that had fallen apart. And here he was in this dark, lonely place, struggling with an addiction that he couldn't be set free from. And some would look at Scott and say, God's not with him. But I want you to know that that wasn't true at all. In fact, I've asked Scott if he'd tell his story, and he was willing. So check this video out. I always, uh, I knew Christ. I was raised, you know, in a Christian home. <clears throat> didn't always live that way. There was a couple of uh, very pivotal moments in my life. I had uh, lost a job, uh, got divorced shortly after that, and a uh, guy that I had never met before called me on the phone one day, <clears throat> invited me to go on a on a Christian renewal weekend. Thanked him for calling me and I thanked him for the opportunity and said, I don't know how you got my name, but I can tell you you got the wrong guy. And uh, it was a long pause and he said, well, you're right. And I thought, well, this is going to be easier than I thought. (laughs) He He said, you're right, I I don't know you from Adam. But I can tell you this, I can tell from talking to you that you're gonna go one way or the other. So before you give me your answer, I just want you to do something for me. I want you to think about it. More importantly, I want you to pray about it some of the best advice I ever got. Pray about it. So I did. And I went on that weekend and um, but seeking, constantly seeking, you know, constantly looking for where God shows up in your life, which is, for me, has been constant, ever-present, and like I said, I missed a lot of them. I missed a lot of times, ignored him where he showed up, but he never quit showing up, and he still doesn't. 
That was a pivotal moment. He was right. I was going to go one way or the other. You are dearly loved by Jesus Christ, God. Even though you probably feel like you're really unlovable, but you're not. And I would tell him that if you place your trust in God, if you ask him to help you with whatever you're wrestling with, he will do it. The scriptures tells us that he will do it. Not he might do it, not maybe he'll do it if he gets around to it. He will do it. That's a powerful story, isn't it? In his deepest, darkest moment, when he had lost everything that he has, did you catch that he said that a guy that he had never met called him and invited him to a Christian renewal weekend? That's absurd, right? I mean, wait a minute, God isn't with you. But the truth was is that he was. And in fact, the, the, the advice that, that that guy gave to Scott when he said, listen, you're gonna go one way or the other, that was spot on for Scott. And I'll tell you what, Scott is serving Jesus passionately, transformed life. I mean, amazing. But listen, I think that that advice is applicable to you and I today as well. Would you agree? That today we're going to go one way or we're going to go the other. And we have a God that desires that we have hope and love and joy and peace. We have a God that desires that we have life and life to the full. And a God who desired that so much for you that he came to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. He longs to journey with you. He paid the price for your sins and he is saying, listen, come to me. Come to me. I'm here. I came. I have the abundant life for you. And you may be asking today, well, so what? So what? What does that mean for me? And I'll tell you, as we kind of exit out of this Christmas season and as we enter a new year, I just want to tell you one thing and one promise and it's simply this. You're not alone. You are not alone. Now listen, I know some of us in the room or one of our campuses, today you feel alone, and I want you to know that God is with you. He longs to be your friend, and some of us today are sick, and I want you to know that God is with you. He longs to be your healer. Some of you are, are grieving the loss and, and are experiencing difficult times, and I want you to know that God is with you. He longs to be your comforter, your counselor. He longs to fill the void that was left by that loved one that you so desperately cared about that was taken from you. Some of you today feel lost, and I want to tell you that God is with you. He longs to be your guide. Some of you today are, are saying, Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm broken, and I'm, I'm lost in this sin, in this habit, in this addiction, and I just can't break free. And I want you to know that God is with you. He longs to be your Savior. He longs to set you free. In fact, there's a scripture that said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And he's saying, if you'll just come to me and realize that you're not alone, I long to do the miraculous in your life. And in fact, some of us here today are asking the question of Jesus, can you be trusted? Can I place my faith in you? Are you really the one that you claim to be? And I want you to know today, listen, that God is with you and he will be the one that provides the answer to you just like he already has today. God desires to be with you. 
Now here's a promise in Deuteronomy 31. If you, if you have a Bible, I encourage you, highlight it, circle it, star it, do whatever you gotta do, but check this promise out today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise, right? He will never leave you nor forsake you. You are not alone. Whether you're experiencing some of the highest mountaintop moments and you're rejoicing in God's goodness and favor and you're heading into this new year, I want you to know that you're not alone. And if you're on the bottom end of a, a deep, dark valley, I want you to know that you're not alone. Some of you are saying, heading into this new year, I, I want to I live differently. I want to do life differently. There's things about myself that I want to change. And I want to encourage you to know that God is with you. Invite him in. He's the one that can do the miraculous. He's the one that can transform lives. God is with you. Check out this promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Love that line. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It goes on to say, It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, praise God, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Listen, we have a God that not only came to be with us, he's also Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding, praying for you and I today. Powerful. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It goes on to say, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He was writing to a people who were being greatly persecuted, kind of like the young man I met a couple weeks ago, who were going through incredibly difficult times of life. And he is saying, has God abandoned you? Has God walked away? Is God not with you? Well, no. You're not alone. In fact, he goes on to say, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And check this last verse out. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a promise, right? What a promise. And so today as we sit here, I want you to know that our God desires to be with you and to journey with you in good times and in bad. And so today as we kind of close, I want to ask you the question. And I ask you to ask yourself this question is, what does Emmanuel mean to you this coming year? What does Emmanuel mean to you this coming year? Now for us as a church, we, we feel like we have some idea of what that means for us. In fact, is God with us as a church? And I go, absolutely Maybe you saw it in the news three weeks ago. You remember this journey we've been on in which we've been saying, hey, we really believe that the Lord is leading Vida Nueva to relocate into a, a, the Hispanic corridor to have impact. Do you know that when we showed up for the auction, nobody else showed up? <laughs> Listen. What that means is that our God is with us. Our God is doing the miraculous for us as a church, now there's still some steps that have to be taken, the school board has to meet, but I want you to know that our God is on the move at Heritage and our God is on the move in your life. And so as we close today, I'm gonna give you a few minutes at each one of our locations to just simply sit with your heavenly Father. And maybe today is the day that you spend a few minutes in prayer. Prayer, if you're new, is just 
having a conversation with God. It doesn't necessarily have to be audible. It can be in your mind, just the conversation with your Heavenly Father. And for some of us today, you may just say thank you. Thank you, God, that you came to earth, that you put on flesh, you came into creation because you desire a relationship with me. And I want to journey with you. For some of us today, this is a day of maybe dedicating this new year and saying, Lord, I want to encounter God with us, Emmanuel, in my life in a whole new way. I I don't want to live the same. Will you come into my life? Will you come into this situation and help me to live differently? For some of us today, maybe you're in a place where you're experiencing some of that pain and Christmas is kind of like putting your finger on that painful spot and just invite him in. Really, it's acknowledging that he's already present in that pain and ask him to do the miraculous. And there's some of us today who we've been exploring this Jesus, and this is the moment, listen, that you're going to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. This is the moment where you can acknowledge your sin and your need for a Savior, and that you can place your faith and your hope in him and accept him as Savior and submit to him as Lord. There's a prayer on the bottom end of our note guide. If that's you today, I encourage you, just as we have a few minutes to pray, right where you're at, make this that moment. Scripture says if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What a better way to start a new year than to become a new creation. Are you with me? And so, yeah, that's right. That's right. Now listen, after a couple minutes of prayer, we're going to enter a time as a church and we're going to take communion. Now communion is simply when we acknowledge and we reflect on the reality that our God, who desired to be with us and journey with us, came and he paid the price. Jesus Christ gave up his body gave up his life for our sin. And it's the moment when we recognize that the bread symbolizing his body that was broken for us. And then we take the cup, we take the the juice, and we realize and reflect and remember that our God, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, came to live and live the perfect life, took on the nature of a servant, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And his blood was poured out for your sin and for mine. And so I'm going to pray, and in a few minutes, our leaders at each one of our campus will come and will lead us in communion. But I encourage you, as I close in prayer, continue to pursue God and ask him to do the miraculous in your life. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, thank you that you are not just a far-off, distant God, not just a God that created all of creation and then walked away, not a God who's tallying up our rights and our wrongs, but rather a God who desired to be with us so much that you came to earth into your creation, Emmanuel, God with us. God, thank you that you journey with us in the highs and the lows. And God, my prayer today, for us as a church and for each one of us individually, God, that we will encounter you in new and more powerful ways this year than we ever have before. And God, my prayer right now is as we as a church continue to pray, God, may you hear our cries. May you come into our pain. May you just receive those things that we're surrendering and committing to you. And God, my prayer today is that for those who are placing their faith for the first time in Jesus Christ, oh God, I pray that we would hear the rejoicing in heaven. And God, as a church, may we join with the angels as they rejoice. So God, we give you this time now. And we thank you for the gift of prayer. And that be with us now as we continue to cry out to you. In Jesus' name.